You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, our question is, how does capitalism align with the values of Christianity? So if you're in the United States, we live in a capitalistic economy, but is that in alignment with the gospel? Or how does Jesus inform the way we think about an economic system? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. Got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and Zach Wyrock, who is the director of Orchard NEL, our church planning initiative, and a member of our leadership team. Our question today is, how does the economic system of capitalism line up with the values of Jesus? So for us as Christians, obviously, we may not get to choose what economic system we live in, but what we can do is think critically about the values of the gospel and how they align with the system that we find ourselves in. And if there are places where it's out of alignment, figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus and honor him in the way that we live our lives. Yeah, I think a starting point here would just be to say, I think there's probably a large group of those who listen to this podcast who maybe have never thought to ask this question. That just because some of us grew up in traditions where it was just the capitalism was the air we 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 breathed. It was it's the, certainly the economic system of the United States. So therefore, it it's good and and we should just operate in it the way we operate in it, and it's disconnected from our faith. And so I think the starting point is just to say it is worth asking questions like this. The system you're born into is not necessarily the one that God would sanction, or not necessarily one that doesn't have flaws and that you don't need to think critically about. Well, yeah, I, well, I would say that there isn't an economic system in the world absolutely. that is not flawed, and we should look at that. Now, I want, you know, people should know, too, that we, none of us are economists, so we're not going to be uh, be able to speak to it like that, but we are people who, have, who are uh, lovers of Jesus and uh, theologians to an extent, so we're going to be looking at this from the way Jimmy uh, framed it as... Uh, as what it means to follow Jesus and be a part of capitalism. I think what you said, Joe, is true, that there is no economic system or political system or system of thought independent of what's revealed to us in the Bible that is synonymous with Jesus. So what that means is my starting point in thinking about capitalism is to think about it like a Venn diagram where there are going to be elements of capitalism that overlap with Jesus, that Jesus, what Jesus says is good, capitalism will say is good, and there are going to be elements of capitalism that exist on the side of the circle that has no overlap with Jesus and those things are bad. And the same would be true if we swapped capitalism out for any other economic system. Some things would be good and some things would be bad. So then what I'm looking for is not an up or down vote on capitalism because I live in a capitalist country. That's where I live. That's the, the system I'm in. But rather to say which parts of this system are good and I should call them good and which parts of the system are bad and I should call them bad. Jimmy, can you give us a simplistic definition of capitalism as you're thinking of it? Yeah, so when I think about capitalism, what I think of is an economic system, which most of us, if you're in the United States, it's what we've lived in, but where you earn what you get and you get what you earn. So ostensibly, when people think about capitalism who are very much in favor of it, they would say it's the fairest thing in the world. The market dictates uh, what happens. So if you have a good business, then you're going to make money and you're going to be successful. And if you have a bad business and you're, you don't make money, then you have nobody to blame but yourself because you earn what you get and you get what you earn. And like most things, uh, there is some uh, overlap, like Zach said, in the Bible with that. 
in that there is personal responsibility in the Bible. There is uh, a instructions to work hard in Proverbs and the wisdom literature, uh-huh. all of that. Yeah, and, and that the Bible is not anti-wealth. It's not anti-success from a business standpoint. I mean, certainly Jesus does not see economic wealth, economic prosperity, um, or financial security as end-all, be-alls of life. That is not the ultimate goal. But those things in and of themselves are not automatically bad in the way that some worldviews would say, if you're wealthy, you're evil. The Bible, I don't think, has that view. Uh, so, yeah, I think there is some overlap. I think maybe the disconnect, the biggest disconnect would be capitalism, and you hinted at this, Jimmy, capitalism's belief in the fact that the market self-regulates, that at the end of the day, the market will choose what's best, the market will choose what's right, that there'll be this corrective element. When I think the Bible would say markets are made up of human beings and human beings are sinful. And so any market that we build, any system that we build is we bring our sin to that system and to that market. And I think the history of capitalism is that while it is often good for some people, that good for some people a lot of times comes at the expense of other people. And the Bible would certainly challenge that idea, whereas capitalism might say, well, if it's not good for you, you need to work harder. You need to do more. You need to claw your way up. The Bible would say, well, sometimes it's incumbent upon the strong to care for the weak, for the wealthy to care for the poor and so on. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were uh, talking is that any, as you said earlier, there is any system of thought or economic system or system of belief that is not the gospel has been created by human beings. Human beings, we know from the gospel, are inherently flawed apart from the redemption of Jesus Christ. And so it would stand to reason that any system that was created by a group of flawed human beings would itself have flaws. That, right. Right. And then another thing that came to mind was you know, it's interesting when you say, well, okay, we're going to rely on the market. The market dictates. There's this underlying assumption that the market is fair and the market knows what best, what's best. And in some ways, it's saying, I'm going to allow the market to yeah. replace the role that God himself Yeah, should I think be it's that invisible playing. hand concept of capitalism is that there is an invisible hand that guides the market. And that invisible hand on capitalism does not belong to God. It belongs to the captains of industry. I think a perfect example of this in the United States is that for a long time, our mark, our economy benefited from the, the kidnapping and enslaving of an entire race of people. That from a capitalism standpoint, that made sense. Hey, if we can go to Africa and we can kidnap Africans and we can bring them over and force them to work for us, that is an economic win. That is the strong surviving. Yeah. That is we're pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're... But whereas the gospel would, of course, say, uh, no, actually, those are image bearers. You, you don't get to profit off their backs, literally. And there's an example where capitalism was saying one thing because the bottom line benefited, whereas the gospel would say, forget your bottom line. That is not acceptable. That's why it took William Wilberforce his entire life That's right, right? In, in England, public yeah. office just railing and railing and railing. And I remember reading that it was the first time uh, ever, uh, when it was talking about Great Britain ending the slave trade, where a nation was told to commit economic suicide, uh, to take an economic hit, not because of the market, but because yeah. of what was morally right, morally wrong. Yeah. Um, one of the things that struck me is just uh, the the system that, you know, God, if you read in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, you see God trying to put in 
different ways to help us in uh, our curb our sinfulness when it comes to economics. And one of the ways was um, if you had a field, uh, you were supposed to glean the field, uh, reap in a circle, uh, even though your plot of land was a square. So you'd leave the corners for the poor. So one of the things that Scripture has, you, you work hard, you get, you can have uh, create wealth for you and your family and your family's family, right? But it also said you were to give generously, which would be regulated by God. And then you were also to provide for those who were less fortunate, who were poor, so they could glean the corners and be fed. Yeah, and I think what you're hitting on is like the, the key principles of Christianity are love God and love your neighbor, right? Love God, love your neighbor. And of course, the gospel inserts that into saying that Jesus shows us what that's like and does that in our place and pays the penalty for us having not loved God, love our neighbor in his death and in his resurrection. Uh, but the key principles of capitalism are not love God and love your neighbor. You know, whatever they are, they're not those things. Right. So inevitably, you have two ways of seeing the world driven by different things. At times, they are going to part. At times, it will not make economic sense for you to love God. You should still do it. At times, it will not make economic sense for you to love your neighbor. You should still do it because we don't, as Christians, even though we live in a capitalism, capitalistic, capitalistic, capitalistic structure, and even though we should should want to work hard and do well, uh, we do not trust the invisible hand of the market. We trust God, and if God tells us to be generous, we're going to do it, uh, whether it makes economic sense or not, because uh, we trust Him, and I think that should be borne out. Yeah, I think that's really it's really important to consider that uh, Jesus is going to challenge any system that he did not himself create. And so uh, as we've been talking, just as, a, as an example, um, if I think about capitalism and Darwinism, there are very there are a lot of similarities yeah, between the sure. two ways of thinking. And so there might be, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a, a relatively conservative Christian who would consider yourself a staunch capitalist, I would challenge you to say, okay, well, what's the difference between your economic system of choice and Darwinism, you would you would definitely fight back against the system of Darwinism. But then also, I would say, if you are somebody who's listening to this podcast, and you would say, uh, I would not, I am not a Christian, but I would consider natural selection and evolution as the way that the world came into being. Why do you have so many problems with capitalism? Because it's the same system yeah, as Darwinism, right. just played on out on its <laughs> economic. It is sense. interesting how many times we come up with, we end up with this on the podcast where the the position that you uh, that we staunchly hold has an inherent flaw in it that Jesus <laughs> yeah. will point out mm-hmm, to us if yeah. we if we diligently look and. Uh, yeah, he walks in between either group in any right. issue and says, mm, yes and no. Right. Then he looks at the other group and says, yes and no. No, Jimmy, I think that's true. Like, I think if you read uh, the writings of Ayn Rand, for example, uh, that what's being articulated is a kind of social Darwinism combined with economics that get out of the way of the strong, the strong, these captains of industry, they will lead us to the light. And I think they won't. History tells us they won't. And history tells us they will lead some but some will not be all, right? And I think that's the thing about capitalism. Some do well, sometimes at the expense of others, and that is just something that the gospel rejects. And the reality is that the gospel is not we get what we earn. Right. Again, that's the, the, the gospel yeah, right. is we get what 
we did not earn. We, and Jesus tells it in this way in a parable. Yeah. He tells a parable about so, vineyard workers. So every Christian is an anti-capitalist, at least yeah, personally. At least spiritually. Like for them, but Jesus for tells this right. amazing parable about vineyard workers, and he says a guy owes a vineyard, and he goes out and hires some workers. Right. Then a little while later, he hires some other workers. And then a little while later, at the end of the day, he hires a couple of guys who don't even have time to do much. And at the end of the workday, he pays them all the same thing. And the guys who start at the very beginning say, that's hey, wait a minute. It's not a capitalist that's... parable. Yeah, they say, hey, wait a minute, that's not fair. We worked harder. We worked longer. And the vineyard owner says, hey, it's my vineyard. If I want to pay them as much as I want to pay you, that's what I'm going to do. And Jesus is saying, that's the gospel, that it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a long time or on your deathbed. It doesn't matter what you think you brought to the table, what you think you've done. We are all utterly dependent on receiving wages that we don't deserve. And so, again, that's a spiritual metaphor, I understand, not an economic one. But you can see that the underlying principles of the two systems are not the same. I am very glad that God is not a spiritual capitalist, or I would have no hope of entering into heaven. Yeah, and, I, and it, well, on the other side too, and we always, we it seems like we are always doing this in the podcast too, is that the, you know, to swing the other way to, let's say, communism, where you say, oh yeah, well, that's the way God must be, mm-hmm. and that everybody gets the same regardless of what they do. And or what even they a don't forced do. generosity. Right. Like now, no longer are we sharing out of love. We're doing it out of obligation, right, out, of, out right. of being forced into it. Yeah. Either way, we swing too far and we get offline. Well, I think the reason we keep ending up here on podcasts on a number of topics is just because that is the nature of the gospel. It's what we said earlier, that yeah. uh, if there is a system that was created by somebody other than Jesus, then it is going to be flawed yeah. and there are going to be a spectrum of people who might believe one way about that particular system, who have some things right and have some things wrong. There are going to be others who swing the other direction. They have something right, some things right, some things wrong. For example, uh, when it comes to even within Christianity, there's a spectrum of belief on wealth. There are people who will say, um, if you are wealthy, it's because you're evil. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who say, if you are not wealthy, it's because you're evil. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as a John Wesley, I think, said, uh, I mean, just personally, uh, his adage was make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Uh, that would, would be kind of his rules to try to keep him in check. I think there are more things. If you are uh, listening to this and you are uh, a leader in your company, in your industry, um, I think we should, you should, as a follower of Jesus, uh, be able to ask more questions about uh, what's important other than the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because capitalism will say, pick every grape, uh, glean your fields all the way to the corners, make all that you can. And scripture uh, will say uh, something different than that. Jesus says something different than that. So at least be able to ask that question. But I think personally, uh, the way those of us who live here in the United States should think uh, it, what John Wesley said is not a bad thing to say, uh, whatever I'm making, I want to be able to, to, to make all I can in my particular place, but I want to be in order to give all I can. And so, yeah, I think the big thing is we, we just don't want to be comfortable in any system. We don't, we right. don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. We, we want to listen to Jesus enough that we can't be uh, super comfortable as capitalists. We we can say it's our system. We may even say it's the best system of all the human systems, but it isn't perfect because it's not God's right. system. And I think I would add that this can find tangible expression. Like one, one area of this that uh, I was challenging the people at the church I planted in, in Cleveland uh, is gentrification. 
you know, what happens in these urban neighborhoods where young people or developers start coming in and starting bar, opening bars and restaurants, building new apartment buildings. And on the one hand, bringing some sense of renewal to neighborhoods that, you know, haven't experienced that. But on the other hand, what ends up happening a lot of times is that rents go up and people who have lived in a neighborhood, sometimes their whole lives are displaced because nobody is asking about them. No one is saying, hey, how do we bring renewal to this neighborhood, but in a way that's not harmful to the people who already live here, oftentimes who are minorities and people of color and disenfranchised people. So I think I would always challenge my people to say, hey, part of being a Christian is that you're thinking critically about the bars and the restaurants and the clubs and the things you're going to, that you're asking, is this a blessing for the neighborhood? Is it not a blessing for the neighborhood? That even as a consumer, as a customer, I need to think critically about the choices that I'm making and and what I'm saying, not just to that business, but what I'm saying to those who live in the neighborhood of that business, what I'm saying as the city as a whole. So it's not just kind of saying capitalism, yay or nay, and giving a thumbs up or thumbs down. It's also saying, am I making choices within this capitalistic structure as a business man or woman, as a, as a creator, or as a consumer, as a customer? Am I making choices that are honoring to Jesus? Am I considering the ramifications of what I'm doing? Because for me, it's not just the strong versus the weak, the winners versus the losers. It is all people made in the image of God. And I want economic blessing for as many of them and as fair for them as I possibly can find it. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.